Tonight, we're going to go over a pretty popular book or the concept in the book, and that is his needs and her needs. So you might have heard of this, but it's like the guy's top five needs and a woman's top five needs in a marriage relationship. But I don't just want to give credit to Willard F. Jr. Harley, who had an awesome name, for writing the book, but also this last weekend, Elisha and I actually went to an event and my dad talked on this and he also shared a tool that we want to share with you guys. So after we go over these five needs for him and her, grab a paper, grab a pencil, or if you're listening to this podcast while you're doing something else like driving or cleaning, because Honestly, that's why most of us listen to podcasts so we could do something else. Then we will have this all linked on the blog. So check in the show notes and you can go find this tool and we'll kind of walk you through how you can do this and practically apply these things right now with your spouse or whenever you have time. (laughs) And then at the very end, Elisha and I are going to share how we actually rated ourselves in these areas. So stay tuned to the end. Also, if you wouldn't mind pausing this right now and leaving us a review, that would mean so much. Reviews not only help this podcast get seen by more families, but when you guys take the time to write out your words, it is probably the most humbling and inspiring thing that Elisha and I have ever experienced. It just means so much to us. So thank you so much for leaving a written review. If you don't have time to do that right now, if you could just click on the stars, maybe even the five star, and give us a rating, that would be incredible. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited as you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. Katie and I are really enjoying doing this podcast. And this episode, I think, is especially fun because we're going to talk about something that we just, I guess, kind of learned and experienced over the weekend. Katie and I had the privilege of being at an event where Katie's father, Chad Johnson, or some, some of you might know him as the Giant Five guy, Or some of you might know him as the father of the big ski family. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Katie's father, Chad Johnson, put on a little marriage workshop. And we were able to be there and listen to him. And we learned so much from this. What was it? Maybe 45 minutes? Maybe an hour? Yeah, it was pretty short. Yeah, pretty brief. Uh, But he went over uh, kind of like it, it was a book. It's called His Needs and Her Needs. And I think Katie already mentioned the author in the intro. And he, he went over the, his needs and her needs. And then he, at the end, he gave us a tool and, and just a really fun way for Katie and I to rate each other 
and how we feel like the other person's doing in these needs or, or sorry, in these areas of his needs and her needs. Yeah. Yeah. I found it really insightful and it's totally a good thing to do often, I think, mm. and just check back in. And so I'm excited to have this tool in our toolbox. You guys know we are so passionate about having tools in our mm-hmm. toolbox um, because I think there's so many good theories out there, or maybe you go to a seminar, you hear something once, but when it's actually something that you take and you apply to your life and there's like a layout for how to apply it to your life, it can help just, I don't know, catapult your relationship, I think. So this was insightful for us. It was. Yeah. And I think we came away from that evening understanding each other more Mm because I think the goal and for, at least for me in having tools or in having, I guess, various practical ways to work on our marriage is you at least know what you're working on in different categories because to say maybe how's our marriage doing that's a huge question and there are so many different facets of i know katie and i's marriage and i'm I'm sure it's the same with every marriage Mm -hmm. and so when you're able to break down different categories of your marriage and kind of score them or rate them then you're able to really start working specifically and practically in each one of those areas so katie do you think we should go over what his needs are and her needs are according to uh can you say the author of this book oh man his name was wasn't very very memorable but it was long oh it was willard f harley oh jr willard f harley jr all right i think i read it wrong in the beginning (laughs) yeah and what's kind of the premise of this book he did a study uh of uh, many couples how many hundreds of couples i was trying to look that up and i actually don't know because i'm going to be honest with you guys i have never read the book wow ever have you read it elisha i don't think i have i think we own it though do we know if we owned it i would have read it really i thought i saw it on the bookshelf okay well now we need to go read the book yeah. because we got the spark notes version. Basically we got what my dad took away from the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're sharing with you guys tonight. So if you've read the book and we're off, then, um, just, you know, here's a new perspective on it. Yeah. But the, the brief overview was that this, uh, Dr. Willard Arthur, the third, or what was his name? <laughs> Stop. It's irrelevant. Okay, okay. They can go look up yeah. the book. No, no, no. Google yeah. it. Fantastic. Well, he uh, did a study to see just in general, what men's needs were, the, their their most primary needs in a marriage, and what a woman's primary needs were in a marriage. And this was both secular and Christian marriages. And so the, the results are, I think, are pretty interesting considering that. And uh, Katie, do you want to start by sharing the men's needs according to this book? Sure. We can go back and forth on it. Okay. And at the end, we're going to tell you guys how we rated each other. And I'll be honest, our marriage is in a pretty good place right now. So there's no really juicy lows on this, <laughs> but there were a couple of areas I was pretty embarrassed to be as low as I was in. So I don't know. Stay tuned for that, I guess. <laughs> okay. So the number one need, according to Willard here, is for a man is sex. And I think we so, talked on that. I mean, we did a whole episode on yeah. that. Um, it's obviously a priority. And that's really not that much of a, of a plot twist. I don't think, I don't think so either. I think people could have guessed that one. Yeah. That's not that shocking. I know that there are exceptions to this rule, but I think it's really easy for that to sound very, uh, I guess superficial, you know, or so shallow (laughs) and you're looking for something deep and meaningful that a man needs out of marriage. Uh, but in reality, that is a huge deal. It's just a practical desire. In this case, you know, according to, Willard a need of a man in marriage well I think we talked about this a little bit in our last episode but basically 
just sex is a need. It's like a physical need mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. That's so, right. yeah. So we don't need to talk about that that much because no. we did just do an episode on it. So moving on. Well, why don't I say what the number one need is of a woman? Now. Oh, we can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that sound okay. good? Okay. So sex was the number one need of, of, a, of a man. And the number one need for a woman, according to Willard, was affection. And it's funny because I think that um, it'd be easy as a guy to think to yourself, oh, great. We've got the same number one need, uh, sex and affection. But it's interesting <laughs> because Willard does a good job of making it clear that these are two different things. Uh, and, and in a way a woman perceives affection is definitely going to be different than a, a lot of men or most men perceive affection. And you can definitely, I think, have sex without the affection that a woman is looking for. Or I think even throughout the day when you sh- – this was insightful for me, I guess, because I really – I want to have sex with you when when you initiate. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I initiate. But I think it's because – you're so affectionate towards me. Hmm. Like you give me hugs all the time and I know there's nothing behind it. You just want to like give me a hug or Mm -hmm. you hold my hand every time we drive Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's just like you, you touch me all the time in playful ways in caring ways. And so it was insightful to me. And I was like, wow, because I feel like you're so affectionate. Maybe that's why I'm so open towards you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that's the case, then I want to keep that up for sure. <laughs> and I think affection can go beyond uh, physical touch to words. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah affectionate communication. Uh, so that's the number one need of a woman. So it's, it's a little different than the man's. Yeah. Surprisingly. No, yes. it's not surprisingly. <laughs> okay, so what's number two for men? Katie? Okay, recreational companionship. And I remember my dad talked about this a lot before we got married. He said... Make sure that you're the same person when you're dating as you are after you get married. And he mentioned a few people that then we knew growing up that, you know, went skiing with their significant other. Yeah, their boyfriend or their yeah, fiance. Yeah, or mountain biking. They were just super gung-ho in dating. And then as soon as they got married, they never got on a bike again. Wow. They never rode skis again. Yeah. And I think that's actually a lot more common than yeah than not. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I'm so grateful to you in is that you are so gung-ho when it comes to things that are important to me, you know, that are enjoyable to me. And whether or not you find just immediate satisfaction and enjoyment in the activity at hand, you do it because you want to bless me. And you don't do it with a resentful attitude at all. You, you just go for it all the way. And what's fun is that a lot of times I think you do end up enjoying these activities that you maybe wouldn't otherwise do on your own. Is that true? Do you think? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a good time anytime I'm with you. Yeah. And I really appreciate that gung, that gung ho attitude because I do think it is unfortunate when, like, like you said, when you're dating and you're trying to win, you know, your future spouse over, then you'll pull out all the stops, you know, and you'll do things mm-hmm. that are outside of your comfort zone and that might not be your natural, you know, inclination to do. But then it seems like oftentimes once you have that spouse, people will just go back to their comfort zone. And they'll think, okay, well, if you want to, for instance, go skiing, you can go do that with your friends. Or if you want to go mountain biking or if you, you know, want to go to a concert, you know, and go to the Mm -hmm. ballet, you go do that with your friends. I'm not interested in doing that. Rather than continuing that that pursuit like you do, you know, when you are trying to win them over as your as your spouse. I like how you mentioned comfort zone. I think that's totally what it is. It's getting out of your comfort zone. And that is like the best way to grow in any area. Hmm. And I think that's just 
I don't know. It's just so good. If yeah, you... I, I think it's necessary to grow. You have to get outside of your comfort zone. Okay, so what's number two for for me? For you, okay. So women's needs the second most important thing to a woman is conversation. Was that surprising to you, Elisha? I don't, I don't think I was surprising. I know that's important to you. <laughs> yeah, he knows it's important to me. So he was like, "Oh, maybe my wife's not the only one who needs to talk my ear off." Yeah, but... yeah, and I think that's been. I don't know. It was. I think it was. If anything, it was kind of comforting to to see that because. I don't know how you, well, actually I do know how you feel about this because you did score me at the end of the night. So I know now, but at the time I didn't know when I was looking at this, I didn't know how you felt about my conversing with you. You know, if you felt like we were connecting over conversation as frequent as you would like to, but that said, I knew that before that was mentioned in one of her, you know, primary needs, I knew that was something that I wanted to continue to grow in, in, in our relationship. So that was kind of reaffirming to that. Oh yeah, you do so good with that. I mean, I feel like every time we get in bed, we talk a lot. Yeah, probably too long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's most of the time it's not like pulling teeth for you. Oh, I love talking Certain with you. Certain subjects probably. Yes. I just need to talk out sure. and they aren't of general interest. I yeah. could see that happening. That might happen from time but to time. But sometimes we do have a lot. I would say you guys like we do have a lot of shared dreams and goals and because of that it does make the recreation easier because Elisha and I do honestly enjoy a lot of the same things yes and I think it also makes the conversation side easier because we enjoy talking about a lot of the same things yes so I think having those shared hobbies or shared goals or maybe it's a shared business or kids whatever it is those things can help unite you in these areas, I think. A hundred percent. Like you're, you're totally right. When you're thriving, probably in any of these categories, it makes the other ones that much easier. Yeah. You know, when we are consistent in, in recreating together, then we have something to, t- to talk about. So therefore the conversation yes. becomes a whole lot easier for me, you know, to have with you. Yeah. So I think that's good. I, okay. So the third most important need for a man is an attractive wife. I think that's interesting. <laughs> well, you know what's <laughs> funny is it's one of those things where when I first heard that, I was surprised because it seems so shallow. And you're like, man, how would somebody put that in a book? Like that? Like, <laughs> how can you even say yeah, that? How can you say that like that? But then when it's explained and when you really think about it, it's it totally makes sense. And it's kind of going back to a statement that you already said. Um, and it might, your statement, you said, be the same person that you were when you were mm-hmm. dating. And obviously there are things that are outside of your control that are, that are going to change after you get married. You're going, if you do get pregnant, your body's going to change and that's outside of your control. And as time goes on and you age, your body's going to change. But I think that if your mindset can remain the same of wanting to present yourself attractive to your spouse, then that's really what's important. And I think that's all really a spouse can, can expect you know, yeah. from, from their other, from, from their lover is for them to make an effort and to want to come across as attractive and to want to present themselves attractive to, to the other spouse. Yeah. I knew this was a really big deal for Elisha because when we were dating and engaged, he brought up all the time, 
you really did how people would let themselves go after they got married. Like, (laughs) come on, I didn't bring it up that much. No, because it's glued in my head. Like, we've been married for almost three years, and I still think that. Like, it makes me sound really vain, (laughs) superficial, Katie. Well, it's something that's important to you, and I think it was interesting to see it on here. Is that was a fear of yours that when we got married, I'd stop caring. Yeah, I think that that's... And so you you brought it up because you'd say, oh, you look so good today. You know, when we'd like go out on a date and then you'd like somehow bring up how like, man, Stop have it. you noticed how <laughs> after people get married, they can kind of let themselves go. And I think Elisha was like oh. trying to coach me towards caring no, in marriage. No, Katie, come on. <laughs> it's true, you guys. <laughs> Makes me sound so lame. No, but um, it worked his coaching works because when I find myself getting in a slump of going multiple days, cause there are times, I mean, you're living life with someone day in and day out. So, I mean, right now, Elisha is looking at me in like a giant oversized sweater and no makeup and yoga pants, you yeah. know, I think it looks, I, I, I like it. Okay. Well, well, the nice thing is that there's variety. Cause I know, there is you know, variety. like it was last night that you were all dressed up in a nice dress. Yes. You know, when we went to that dinner. I earned today. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's it's fun to see different sides of your spouse. Sure. I think the same thing with yes. you. Yes. I think it's really cute when you have bedhead or, you know, your athletic clothes or you're sweaty sure. or when you're really dressed up. Yeah. So that variety in marriage, I think, is important. Yeah. But when I find myself, you know, not taking the time to put an outfit together or put makeup on multiple days in a row, I legitimately think of that and I think, Oh no, like I need to get dressed for Elisha like I did when we were dating. Hmm. Um, anyway, so it's a good reminder. Yes, I think that is that is really important. Okay, so. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the third most important thing for a woman uh, to have in her marriage is for her husband to be open and honest or openness and honesty. And that's something that I think, again, doesn't come natural for, for men. I know that I can speak for myself when there's, various things where I just think to myself, okay, like we just, I'm just going to work through this. I don't need to talk to Katie about it. Or this might stress Katie out, whether it's in regards to finances. I think that's a common thing. I don't really want Katie to know everything because I'm going to figure it out and you know, nobody needs to be none the wiser or yeah, is that, is that they need to be, she needs to be none the wiser okay. and she's, and she's none the wiser. And maybe that's what it is. That's how I would say it. Anyways, I think people get my drift. It's easy to kind of conceal some things because I will just think it'll all work out. And I don't want Katie to feel the stress. And then it's certainly that case, I think, with men and and sexual temptation or just straight up sexual sin where you're thinking, okay, I just need to work through this. I don't want her to have to know this and to have to dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, that's all really eliminating opportunity for oneness. And for just so much close intimacy. And that's something that I've really been convicted of. I was, I know, two nights ago when we were sitting in this session. And I was just thinking of things that all I know will be would be something that I could share with you. But I'll think, oh, I'll just figure it out on my own. And then it, it won't be a problem. And we'll move on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's something that I really want to grow in for my sake. I mean, obviously for your sake, because it's a desire of yours. Because you can really attest to that, right, Katie? You want openness and honesty. Oh yeah. I think that's huge for any woman. Like you'd rather be hurt or you'd rather be scared or, you know, you'd rather feel these other emotions than feel cut off Hmm. from your spouse. 
yeah. and feel cut off from knowing what's going on. And I think early on in our marriage, um, there was a big disconnect there. Mm-hmm. And I would find out things way later. And that was really rough for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that led to some big fights. Yeah. But it was it is a process towards transitioning towards that openness and honesty. And we're always in a process. Um, like Elisha mentioned, I think this is an ongoing struggle probably. Yeah. For it a is. guy. It is. And I know that a lot of what I conceal is more habitual than it is even intentional in mm-hmm. the moment. And so I think it's working through a lot of those, those habits. But the reason I'm really excited is because not only do I want to love you more in that way and you to feel loved, I really do think I, I come out a winner in that too, because you do get to experience more intimacy. You get to experience more oneness and feel more oneness. And that's something that I truly do desire. It just takes a little bit more courage up front, but then the payoff is always worth it. It always has been. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something that, that I think is probably true you know, to, to women that they're just so much more gracious than a lot of times. Uh, I know, you know, I know you're more gracious than a lot of times I'll give you credit for. I don't think like, oh man, like she, she won't be able to handle this very well. But then I, and I just, but when I do take that step of faith or courage, it's always so worth it. You're always so gracious. Well, I do know that I haven't been at times. And I think that that openness and honesty it goes hand in hand with being able to receive things as a woman and not freak out. Hmm. And, but I think that you need, like the guy needs to be open and honest for the woman to be able to exercise that muscle of not freaking out, Hmm. you know? And so, because if nothing, you never hear anything about certain issues for years and then something comes up, you know, it's going to be a big blow up versus consistent, consistently over time, a man opening up, but I know that I have to be really careful and I want to get better at not reacting and instead hearing you out because I do think that makes it a safer place for you to feel that openness. Mm -hmm. So I do think that I can big time contribute. Um, and I think the wife does big time to contribute to whether or not her husband's willing to be open. Yeah. And you've grown in that area so much since we were first married because I mean, we can both remember sometimes where I'd bring something up and you would, you would lose it. And I think to myself, <laughs> well, that's the last time I'm going to bring something like that not up. Not good. Like, that's not, that was not a good idea. Uh, so I know that you've really made an effort to grow in that area. Thank you. I'm grateful for no, that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the fourth primary need of a husband is domestic support. Hmm. And again, like Elisha mentioned, this wasn't like an ultra conservative study or something like that. Guys just across the board appreciate that support at home. Hmm. And I think it was important for me to see that, that, that this was a need of a guy. Um, yeah, because I think it's easy to devalue it or to move past it instead of placing the proper value on it. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I... I was a little bit surprised too when I when I heard that that was one of the you know primary needs because again this isn't a, an ultra conservative book you know that was that was written um, but then I really started thinking objectively about how blessed I do feel when I feel that domestic support at home whether it's you know a meal prepared for me when I come home it's not it's not even like a oh yeah that's I'm not thinking to myself well of course that's her job like she's preparing me a meal that's never in my brain I just feel blessed it just blesses me so much and it's the same thing when you know the house is clean or when the laundry's you know my laundry's done or when you iron my shirts like that blesses me so much and, I, and it's really not in my mind it's not coming from a heart of 
expectancy, you know, of thinking, yeah, this is your job. This is your role. That's not what I'm thinking. And, and a lot of times I almost feel bad for being so stoked. I'm like, man, is that like a chauvinistic attitude to be like, <laughs> yeah, she's already in my shirt, but it just straight up is a blessing to me when, when you do those things. Yeah. So I think that was really good to hear. I think we constantly need a reminder of this as women in the 21st century, hmm. especially. Yeah. Cause I think all the voices are telling you that you don't, you shouldn't do that. Like you shouldn't be that person. Um, when in reality, yeah. you can totally do it to be a blessing to your husband. Or like it's a necessary evil. Sure. You know, yeah. just do it because you have to instead of like, oh no, this is something that my husband really values and prioritizes. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that makes it more worth it. Yeah. It makes it just kind of fun. You're like, oh, this yeah. is just fun. I can choose to bless, you know, my, my spouse this way. Absolutely. And then on the other side, a male or a husband's primary need is financial no no you're you're, Woman, you're getting what? all out of order katie what are I'm you doing i'm so confused no so you just said my or the men's fourth need and so oh, now it's I'm my stealing turn yours. yeah you're stealing mine so now i get to say what your what the woman's fourth uh priority is prior, priority need and we that should is have written down at the top like how to say this like a husband's primary need because we yeah, get so right. tripped up on that part right. okay so number four for a woman is financial support and I think that hearing this as a man was just, it was reassuring, maybe similarly to how you you were reassured when you heard that a, a, men's, a man's need is domestic support. I just thought, oh, this is good. Like, it's good that I take on the financial burden for our family and for our household and that I feel the primary strain of that or the primary burden of that uh, and, and try to alleviate that burden from you. Would you, would you say that, that is a blessing oh, to you? I say it's huge because... While I bring in income on the side, I enjoy working from home and stuff like that, I never feel the pressure of provision. And I think that as a woman, whether or not you're good at earning money, whether or not you're not, we have so much on our plates when it comes to mothering and taking care of kids and relationships and stuff like that, that it is so nice just having that brain space totally clear from feeling any pressure to provide. Hmm. And yeah. that's huge for me. Good. And that I think that's just motivation for me. It really just kind of locks into that that role, you know, and really embrace that role and kick into that mode of being, okay, this is good. This is a blessing to my wife and it's a blessing to my family when I really try to excel in this area yes. of our life and not and you know, to not put that burden on you at all. And then the last primary need of a husband is admiration. And I thought that this was just limited to Elisha because I knew that words of affirmation was a primary love language for him. Mm -hmm. So I knew that he wanted to be admired. Um, but I didn't know that that was just more a guy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably, I don't know. It's the similar to like that love and respect book, you know, that like a woman mm -hmm. just wants to be loved and a man wants to be respected. Yeah. I think this probably goes in line with that where a man wants to feel admired by his, by his wife. And like you said, I'm a, you know, words of affirmation are my, are big time, my number one love language. And if you just tell me I'm awesome, I really, I just feel like we're in a great place. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> our marriage is so good. Like she thinks I'm awesome. And she just told me that with her words. And so I think that this kind of is, is definitely in line with that. When I feel admiration from you, I just like feel myself like becoming equipped. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this man that she sees me as being. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And that's such a good reminder because I think as wives, it's so easy to forget the power we have 
with our words, with our actions, with what we're communicating to our husbands is, you know, I know early on in our marriage, I think I made you fear, feel more fearful or worried you were going to make the wrong decision or Mm. something because I was constantly micromanaging you Mm. and telling you what to do. And, you know, I wasn't just trusting you and respecting Mm. you. And that's a tough place for a guy to succeed, Hmm. I feel like. But over time, you've done it in spite of (laughs) that weakness Well, over time, you've really, I think, given me confidence with the way you've spoken to me and the way you've treated me because there have definitely been times where there's very little to admire in my life as a man where I was not walking out the things that were important to me or were probably important to you. And yet you found something to speak positively about to me, to encourage me and to find that thing that you could affirm in my life. And as a result, I think that the other areas of my life started probably to develop at that point because I was, I was encouraged. You know, you found that one thing to admire me for. I was like, man, you know what? Like I can be, I can be another, I can be a better man than this. I don't know. If you guys know Elisha, you know, there's always something to admire him for. I don't know. No, Katie. Yes. Okay. We aren't going to argue on this. I'm right. (laughs) Okay. Well then we'll move on to a woman's fifth need and that is family leadership. Um, and I think that that was, once again, I was convicted on that one big time because it's definitely easy to feel like that's extracurricular. It sounds silly, you know, but to be like, okay, I'm really being a good Christian husband because I'm doing a family Bible time with my, with my family. It's like extra, I'm I'm getting bonus points. I'm not just providing, I'm not just saying nice things to my wife. I'm leading our family spiritually as well. And it's funny because after, you know, hearing that this was a primary need, uh, it didn't even say spiritual leadership, just as family leadership. I thought, what am I, what am I thinking? That's just my job. It's not this bonus, these, that's not these, this bonus action that I'm doing or some, you know, some extracurricular activities. It is my job. It is my role. It is my responsibility to lead our family, uh, you know, financially, spiritually, emotionally, to be the stable, the rock of our family. And uh, I'm, I'm motivated once again. That was, I think one of those areas when it, when it got listed, I was, I kind of was like, oh, dang it. Like, I thought that that was like a bonus thing, maybe not not like a not, <laughs> not like a, a primary need. need. Yeah, and I think in the book it refers to it as family commitment, but I think that regardless, it always means so much to have your husband involved at home with the kids, involved in caring about your life, you know, showing up at events and prioritizing those, and like you said, prioritizing um, spiritual leadership as well. Hmm. I think. It means so much to me, for sure. Hmm. Hmm. And you do a really good job of that. Thank you. Okay, so we just went through the five needs of her and the five needs of him. And then we, like we told you guys, we had the opportunity to score each other in how we felt the other was doing in in, this, in these categories. So I scored Okay, Katie. hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Before we dive into that, I'm going to walk you guys through this tool real quick so you could do it with your spouse. Okay, cool. Okay, so basically, Elisha and I have talked a lot about the one to 10 scale. And basically the one to 10 scale is 10 is you can't get any better. And one is you're in the doghouse. Yeah. Okay. Five is like bad and anything six and up is like, okay, it might not be where you want to be, Yeah. but it's, at least you're on the same team. You're on the same page. Right. Yeah. So seven, eight and nine 
are kind of like where we want to be at all times. Yes. And if you guys want like a full description of the one to 10 scale, we'll link it in this podcast. It's a tool you can actually, we'll email it to you guys and you can use it. Awesome. Okay. So we're referring to the one to 10 scale for all of these things. And what you're going to do again, this is going to be in the blog post linked with linked in the show notes. Okay. So if it's not making sense here, check that out. Um, but first the husband's going to rate his wife on how she meets his needs. So he's going to go down sex. Where would he say, you know, where would Elisha say I am meeting his needs Mm. on a scale of one to 10. And then the wife's going to do the same thing for her needs. Where do I think Elisha is meeting my needs? Mm -hmm. Is he meeting them at a 10? Is he meeting this need at a one? It's just rating your spouse. And then the last thing you're going to do is don't show your spouse what you wrote down and ask them what their perception is of how they meet your needs. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to show you exactly how that works by walking you through how we did it. Yeah, that's good. And the reason we love the one to 10 scale is because you, the answer fine is not an option. You know, if I asked Katie, Hey, how do you think our sex life is? And you said, fine, there's not very much clarity in that. But if, you know, if she says six and I think, okay, well that's not that good. Then I can ask how, well, what can we do to get to a seven? You know, or why is it not a seven? It's a very concrete answer that you can build on. Yes. So I scored Katie. Should we do that? Should we do it like that? Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yes. So I scored Katie and how I felt like she was doing, or you know, in in uh, sex, recreation, um, recreational companionship, attractiveness, domestic support, and admiration. And uh, man, I can't believe we're just going to share this. Are we really going to do this? Yeah. Okay. Dang. So, okay. Wow. You need to talk a little slower. Okay. Well, I'm kind of getting nervous. This is <laughs> this is next okay. level. I, do you want to go first? Well, no, you go first. Okay. So I okay. scored, I don't know. I will go first because mine was a little, basically I was feeling very in love with Elisha at the event and he's doing a very good job meeting my needs. So I scored him for affection as a 10 because I literally just feel so loved in that area. I couldn't think of him getting any better. Um, as far as conversation goes, Elisha and I have been talking a lot. We've been on a lot of road trips, which probably contributes to this. And again, I scored him a 10. For openness and honesty, I took this one back. I scored him a 10, but I took it back because he, he rated himself as a 6. No, I think I said 7. I think you said 6. I only had one 6. Okay, so he rated himself as a seven. Yeah. So there's room for improvement in that area. <laughs> um, for financial support, I said 10. And for family leadership, I also said 10. Okay. So basically, Elisha's doing a really good job <laughs> meeting yeah. my needs. But it got a little rockier on his paper. Okay. But I'm really grateful for this because I think honesty and openness is really important. And I'd rather know where I stand in certain areas than have him say you're a 10 and not give me ways that I can get better. Sure. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? I don't want to hear I'm a 10 if you don't feel I'm a 10 in an area. Yeah. Well, it was also nice to see that you scored me at a 10 in every category with your goal being to live in like a 7, 8, or 9 because that shows me that I can probably slack off a bit. Stop. Doing I probably was overeager. I should have put were... a 9 so that he had room for improvement. Okay, so I'll tell you guys how I scored Katie. Um, and I, I, you prefaced yours a little bit, so I want to preface mine. I was exhausted physically. I was tired out. I had not been sleeping very much. I had been working a lot and we had been seeing a ton of people and I was just exhausted. I was fried and it was nighttime. And, and so, I wasn't meeting his needs. Stop that it. Right? Stop. No, <laughs> Katie, I just wanted to give you, so there was that, that's a factor. Okay. So I scored, um, sex as a seven, which I would score sex life right now as a seven too. We actually scored that the same. I think we did the same. Yeah, just because it's 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 fine, but it's definitely been better, and we know we can have it be better. For yeah, sure. I wouldn't say fine. I would say like it's I, good. I think like six is fine. Okay. Like like you're hitting the bare basics, but you aren't in the red like warning zone. Yeah. But seven's like I think it's we good. can maintain this for a while. Yes, I don't think there's anything we're not in danger. No. Of anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I scored that at seven. Um, recreational companionship. I scored at an eight. Which is good for me because, again, I always – I like to have a growth mindset. Like, well, I think we can do better. <laughs> so I, I really like where we're at right now on a recreational companionship scale. Yes. And we're living at an eight because I know that we can we can grow. And probably. I think I scored myself around there too. Yeah. Um, for attractive spouse, I wrote a nine because Katie is so flipping attractive all of the time. And she makes such a great effort. And I'm just so proud of her in every environment. Like, I love – that she can go, you know, wear workout clothes and do a workout and she looks awesome. Or she can get her ball gown on and be the <laughs> belle of the ball. Uh, so I'm really grateful for that. And the reason I didn't put a 10 is because I just, I like to have room for growth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can, you know, not be pregnant or like, you know, work out more. Or there's ways to grow. Sure. Um, for domestic support, this is the one that kind of hurt, huh? You. Well, it didn't hurt. It was motivational. Though. Okay. I wrote, I scored her at, at a six. Yes. And this is what I thought was interesting. Cause at first I'm like a six, like really? And Elisha didn't, he was like, well, Katie, he goes, the reason why it's a six is because we've been doing so much and you've been cranking out all this work in all these other areas is what you told me. Yeah, it's true. But what was convicting to me is like, he's so right. Like I thought I was doing a good job because I was keeping our house fairly maintained while doing all this other stuff. But all this other stuff isn't a need to Elisha. Hmm. The domestic support is. And I, you know, like, uh, yeah, he might respect, he might like if I bring in a few extra hundred dollars sure, or yeah, whatever. I, I appreciate it. He yeah. appreciates it. He tells me what an awesome job I'm doing, but that's not a need. Hmm. And so it was really good for me to just realize, you know what? If it comes down to dropping one ball or the other, I need to focus on the need hmm. and not something that he might admire and appreciate. Yeah, because even though I was honest when I rated it at a six, I didn't have any resentment, and I don't have any resentment like build up, built up in my heart, you know. No, and I think it's because issue. I've under this has been it's just been you've busy. Understood. It's, it's been, been a busy, busy. season. Season, yeah. Um, so it's just made sense to me, but that was just my honest assessment. Um, and then for admiration, I scored you at an at a nine. I feel very admired by you, which is which is probably why you scored me at a ten, like. You, that's how you act. Yeah. You act like yeah. I'm doing an awesome job. I think he's a 10 in everything so, he feels. So I feel like you admire me, which is a huge deal for me. And that meant a lot to me because 
often I will think words of affirmation or I'll feel that admiration, but I won't communicate it to Elisha. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy that that's what was coming across because there will be times I totally feel that way and he doesn't feel admired. Hmm. So I want to do a better job of communicating that. So yeah, I was happy with the nine. Yeah. So it was this obviously scoring each other brought about a great conversation afterwards. Yeah. And it's an ongoing conversation. I think just even now going over it again, we're both probably remembering things that we want to address or want to talk about or go, go over. And so it's just a very helpful tool. Yeah. I literally spent five hours today cleaning my house. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like I'm someone who wants to know how to win. Sure. And so if you want to know how to win in your relationship, right. you'll be open and accepting of whatever number you yes. get. If yeah. Elisha had scored me a two on one of these things, I'd be like, okay, well that's where the effort needs to go in. Yeah. It's yeah. not, don't take it personally. I yes. guess if your spouse scores you low, all they're saying is this is an area where like, I'm not getting what I need. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they yeah, hate it's you a for blessing. it. <laughs> I like clarity, you know, and it, we, I think anybody knows that it's really counterproductive and ultimately, I guess, I think devastating to a relationship when you keep, you know, pushing things under, you know, sweeping things under the rug and not addressing yes. things and leaving them in the dark. But when you bring it out to the light, then you've got something to work on and you can start making progress. And I love that about the one to 10 scale. And like Katie said, it, it might be kind of confused. We were confused at first when we started using this tool on how to use it and your dad had to explain it to us a few times. And so if you guys are kind of confused on how to use it, please go to the blog post about it mm -hmm. and it'll be far more clearly laid out. And that's going to be at now that we're a family.com under our blog posts. And, uh, and you can even get, uh, you know, a copy of this tool emailed to you. All right. Well, that's, that's tonight's episode. Yeah, we went kind of long on this one, you guys. But hopefully you found it interesting. And we just thought it was really helpful for our marriage, yes. personally. Yes. 100%. Right on, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.